Okay. I know you guys like the purring. I'm going to just do a random song intro. Okay, that's awesome. With all that chrome, the man with the plan in a pocket comb. Okay, that was a good, was that not a good intro? Okay, maybe it wasn't. You got purring. You got Jody Messina's Silver Thunderbird. <laughs> so random. Okay. I have so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start right now. Okay. I had a day. It was so good. It was just a good day. Um, oh, I don't know if you can hear the squeaking of the door, but Chris just went into the bedroom. So he's probably waking the boys up. No, he doesn't wake them up, but he goes and snuggles with them. That's the air conditioning room. The rest of the apartment, fucking Hades. Like, it's so hot. <laughs> um, but our sleeping quarters are nice and chill. It's good. He turned around and went to his food bowl, which I don't blame him one bit. So, okay. Um, just before I get into anything, I just want to, like, I just want to be grateful. It's like, I had a really good day. It was good. I ended up, I, I've just been really, I know the last podcast episode that I put out, I just kind of gave you guys the idea that I was really overwhelmed and feeling like, kind of, like I need to just have some alone time to process things and haven't had a chance to kind of breathe and do that. Um, and then this weekend was no exception. It was like, like, a, my job's awesome. So grateful for it. I, like, it's awesome. Like, I know <laughs> you guys are so sick of me saying that. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, I love it. Like, I love that I, like, I literally sweat from the second that I start until the second that I finish, and I work so hard, and it feels good. It just feels really good to work hard, and it feels good to make a difference, and, like, the move-outs are the best, because you, you go in there, and I, I guess, like, and I've, I've kind of spoken about this before, but when people sell their house, they kind of emotionally check out of their home and they're checking into their next home. And so when they move out, they kind of leave it looking like shit because <laughs> they don't give a shit. And so we go in there and we're like, okay, because I'm thinking about the people that move in. I want them to like move into their new home that they're emotionally invested in. And I want them to go in there and be like, oh, this is our new home. I don't want them to move in there like, oh, wow, look at how uncared for it is. You know, like, I don't want them to feel like that. So I really give her when I go in there. And a couple, like, sometimes we go into a move-in situation where someone did move in and the people that moved out left it like shit because they don't care and they're moving on or whatever. And the move-inners are like, okay, well, we have our moving truck coming in three hours and it's like... This is upsetting. So we go in there and we're like, hey, we're here. We're going to make this move in ready. So we go in there and do that. But whatever it is, it's a transformation. And I love that. I love being involved in that kind of transformation. It just feels so good. It's so rewarding. And so I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I get all caught up in it. See how much I love it? I love it. I'm telling you the truth. But this weekend, yes, it was full of move-ins and move-outs. And as hard as they are, we had the hottest, we had like 
it was like 36 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it was hotter than balls. Balls get hot. And I haven't sweat that much, I don't know, in my entire life. I think since tryouts for soccer in university, when I threw up, <laughs> doing the 12-minute mile. Or not 12-minute mile. What's it called? 12-minute the 12 minute run where you kind of run as many laps as you can around the track. I don't know if you guys ever did that. Maybe I'm just old. 12 minute run. Isn't that what it's called? Anyway, I sweat a lot. It was really hard and I nearly threw up, but it felt good. And I still got a couple runs in running at the high heat of Hades and I could even talk about that, like even just like going out for a run after a full day of sweating nonstop, scrubbing toilets, like up to my forearm in toilet water, literally, and my head like wrapped around the base of a toilet, like all day scrubbing someone's thick, sticky urine stains on the floor and the walk, <laughs> just like after all that. I bring my running clothes and I get changed into those and I go out there and I run along the dike and the sun is relentless and I feel like the baddest ass bitch on the planet. It's awesome. Nobody else is out there running in 36 degrees Celsius heat and a couple cyclists rode by and they looked at me like, you, fuck, yes, you... (laughs) You win, woman. It felt so good. Yeah, I was like, my eyes were catatonic, and I had my shirt all knotted up. Like, just the only reason I was wearing any clothes was for the sole purpose of mopping up all the sweat that was pouring off my body into my eyeballs so that I could see. It was awesome. Okay, I don't even know where I'm going with this. So, um, yeah, no idea. So, it was... It was one of those weekends where I worked really hard, but it felt good. And then, um, but just had like, I still didn't have that break where it was like recovery period, some recovery time, but I knew it was like, I knew it was time. And the one signal that I have, this is a bit embarrassing, but I was scrubbing bathrooms, like I told you, and I was scrubbing, like, we do the mirrors, and mirrors and glass, like, they're, they're my kryptonite, like, I could literally waste hours scrubbing a mirror or glass, because there's always going to be that little smudge, or the, like, the little, like, fibers that are left over, and I can't even tell you how insane that makes me. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing it over and over and over again. And I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I look a little sweaty and I look like I'm working hard. But I caught sight. I have a mole on my face. It's not like a black mole like Enrique Iglesias or anything like that. But it's it's a mole. Like It's on my cheek, on my left side. If you're looking at me, it's on your right. It's, it's, it's a light brown. And, you know, when I was in high school, I used to pretend I was Cindy Crawford. And I kind of like darken it up a little bit, like, oh, this is my, this is my, my supermodel mole, but it's not because I'm 42 and it's not obviously not my supermodel mole because I'd be a bazillionaire by now. Um, but I was looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, holy shit, 
I have a hair growing out of my mole, which I know that I've always had a hair growing out of my mole, which is a good sign because it means that it's healthy, the mole. And so, like, I've welcomed it, but I usually stay on top of it. Like, my eyebrows are 90s eyebrows, so they're very thin, overplucked, sparse. But even despite the fact that I plucked the absolute living daylights out of my eyebrows in the 90s, I still have weird ones that, like, grow out of the, my friggin' middle of my forehead that I have to pluck. And so... I kind of tried to stay on top of those ones and I guess I was so busy and so overwhelmed with life that I forgot about the hair growing on the mole on my face. So I looked at it and I'm like, that that hair on my mole is not short. It's been out of control for a long time, which means I really, really need to get my shit together. I think there's only, it's probably only been about three times in my entire life where that hair on my mole on my face has got to that point and it's pretty much only been when I was in labor (laughs) and had a brand new baby so I saw it and I was like you know what Susie I looked at myself kind of tilted my head to the side a little bit and I was like you know what I nodded a little bit I'm like this is your sign that hair on the mole on your face is so long <laughs> that this is a this is a huge red flag that you everything is kind of spiraling out of control in your life and you need to go home and you need to have a hot shower and you need to have like time alone time take care of yourself susie like shave your legs it's funny because okay I don't know how much I should say, but I did, like, I do, like, I shaved my legs, and I took care of everything else on my body, like, it was, like, an Egyptian goddess, but for some reason, I neglected the, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was focusing on the emergent kind of issues that popped up that were most important, because, like, I was going from day to day, like, okay, what are we doing in the next couple hours? Okay, let's focus on that and let's take care of the things that I need to do for that. And then what happens is that, like, my holistic health kind of went down the drain. And I'm learning now that the sign of that is the length of the hair and the mole on my face. (laughs) So there you go. If you guys have one of those then go check it out. Let that be your gauge of how much you need to like maybe do a self-check. Okay, so besides that, I had a really good day today. And it was a good day because it was one of those days where I was recapturing myself, where I was actually forced to stay home because... Natasha Wodak, who is our Canadian 10K Olympian and Canadian 10K record holder, she decided that she would send me some Lululemon stuff. She's a Lululemon ambassador, but she didn't just send me Lululemon stuff. She sent me like a bottle of rosé and sunscreen and chapstick and chocolate and she sent me like this super caring care package and 
you guys, like, I, like, okay, that, okay, hold on, I'm gonna go back and forth for a second, so she sent me that, and I kind of knew that she was sending me something, so that's a little bit retro, but she texted me this morning, and she's like, what's your phone number, the package is gonna show up today, and I was like, okay, she's like, I don't know what time it's gonna show up, I'm like, well, I live in an apartment, so I'll just kind of stick around until they call me, and then, yeah, but hold on, so I also went to my friend Kristen's house tonight, and when we were there, the boys were so happy to hang out with her daughter. They were like, I actually haven't seen Calum and Jesse so relaxed and so at ease and so happy in so long. And the joy that it brought me just watching them like run around and just be like totally free and happy was immeasurable. And then on top of that, Kristen and her husband fed us dinner. And on top of that, they gave us a huge bag of groceries to bring home. So I've got that on my plate here for my Monday, you know? And then going back, I have this care package sent to me from Natasha. And that alone is amazing. But the the other gift that happened, which isn't expected was that I had to stay home all day because this package that was going to arrive, um, the deliverer needed to call me so that I can go down and let him in or accept it or whatever, because it's, I live in an apartment. And at first it's so hot, like it's so hot out. We're hitting record temperatures right now and it's really hot in our apartment, but I got we have this like ghetto air conditioner in our bedroom that we can like stand in front of if we need to, but we've got fans going and Callum and Jesse were happy. Like they just hung around in their underwear and we all just like, I, it, like it forced me to stay home and just regroup. And so of course I tended to my stray hairs in my body. <laughs> I really hope you guys relate. Otherwise this would be really embarrassing, but also just like all the like little things that have been kind of catching up with me like oh I need to send this email out I need to like address this text I need to like figure this out because Katie's getting her tonsils out on Friday that's a big deal so I need to talk to Jason about that I have to get her bunny back to Jason and the cage and everything and we have like there's all these little little things we would figure out and it kind of gave me a chance to regroup being forced quote unquote to stay home and so that was like really amazing so like today was like a good day and it felt really good and I feel rejuvenated and I I wanted to put out a podcast but I haven't had the energy to do it and I was gonna do it last night and I tried and it was terrible and I was like it ended poorly so that one's going in the vault but um yeah so tonight feels really good and so I'm gonna carry on I'm just gonna read out a few posts it's been a, actually quite a while since I've read out what I've written so I'll do that and then I'll say goodnight to you guys because it's almost midnight um this okay so the picture with this post is Jesse I had given the boys some popsicles and Jesse kind of walks around and does his thing and I guess he he put his popsicle down on the bathroom counter and left it and so I walked in there and there was like up this popsicle stick with melted sticky blue crap like dripping down the vanity all over the floor so 
like, oh, that's awesome. Like, at the end of a day, it's the last thing that I wanted to see. But it made me think, and this is what I wrote. Have you ever done something super shitty but justified it as you walked away? I have. I'm very good at finding the best reasons for acting like a loser. The pandemic we're in has been number one on the list of reasons to spend too much money, drink too much wine, flirt with strangers, not wear sunscreen, eat Fruit Loops for dinner. Next thing you know, I'll be getting myself a gold tooth and a tattoo of a cat face on my ring finger. One of those is true. Have a guess. Okay, I'm totally getting a cat face on my ring finger, but let's just... <laughs> I totally want one. Anyway, I didn't write that. Okay. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Heat waves wake and shake the most dormant parts of me. And so we had yogurt, cantaloupe, and popsicles for dinner. I found the remnants of Jesse's popsicle hours later. He must have set it down on the bathroom counter and walked away. We can walk away, but eventually we need to come back and face the melted mess. So I wrote that, and then I wrote... I'm sitting up in bed, blinking hard, as if squeezing my eyelids together might magically transport me to sleep. But nah. I was without them all day, so now my boys are my extra sidekicks. Jessie is straddling my leg, holding my phone and Callum's thighs are sweating up against me while he plays Minecraft. Jesse is naked as usual. Everyone smells like farts, and I'm hungry. Twenty years of blinking hard, staying awake, but the magic happens despite me. Update. Boys left, and Katie ran in here, and Superman flew through the air and landed on my bed beside me, and then thirty seconds later jumped up and galloped back out. 20 years of mothering. Update. Callum just came in here with a can of whipped cream. Then he left. Tonight was a hair washing night and I feel and smell amazing. Update. I just saw Callum sprint past the bedroom door holding Chris by the armpits, Jesse Jessie trailing behind. Then Katie walked in and asked me for a can of nude. This is one of those nights that I can't write worth crap because I get interrupted every three words, but the magic happens despite me. That was a fun night. I wrote this too. I move about like an ice statue holding on for dear life, but the heat is melting my white knuckles and my grip is slipping. I live in this parallel universe where my memories both flaunt and haunt me. What do I trust? Who? I thought I could. I thought I knew. My hot tears distort my smile. Eventually the ice melts and all that is left is all that ever really mattered anyway. Okay, this is getting kind of emo. But I want to keep kind of plugging away here. So this is a true story. It happened for real. And I wrote a little post about it. My teenage kids' friends nominated me as the hot mom. They all think I'm so nice, so cool. But I remember one day, mid-school in June sometime, one of them brought a bunch of their friends and their friends over. And as usual, I loved it. 
Teenagers are like pinatas, chaotic, always ready for a party, and messy. But this time, one of them lit up a bong, and it wasn't the weed that bugged me as much as how they were all skipping school, hanging out and using the cool mom's place. So I flung the back sliding door open and yelled, Get the fuck out of my backyard, now! My cool mom status changed immediately to the mom that's nice until she's not. I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't possibly be more satisfied because that right there is every healthy empath's life force. To be nice until we're not. Because that means we have huge hearts and huge boundaries. I love you, but get the fuck out of my backyard. <laughs> my, uh, it's, it's a true story. It's a true story. One of my kids commented on my post and he's like, ah, I remember <laughs> it spread. So never. Okay. Another true story. Cause that's what I tell. My mom and my sisters would try to time their drive home from high school pickup. So they'd be able to watch me run home from elementary. I guess I was amusing with my piggy tails streaming behind me, backpack thumping like sacred baggage, altering my gait but not enough to trip me up. Most kids just walked. I ran. Today, for the first time in months, I felt a tidal wave of trauma hit me out of nowhere. It felt unbearable in the moment, but I knew enough to ride it out, and I bore it, and here I am. We drove over to Tracy's, and I ran on the treadmill while the kids played in the yard. And I wondered if maybe that's why the trauma felt comfortable enough to surface. Because it knew I would be able to run it out. It's just a treadmill. It's just running. My piggy tails streaming behind me, backpack thumping like sacred baggage, altering my gait but not enough to trip me up. Most people just walk. I run. So that was about the treadmill that I got. I got this treadmill. It was a gift. Lori brought it over, put it in Tracy's backyard. I think everything that we own is in Tracy's backyard right now. (laughs) They are amazing people. I know it's temporary. We'll have our own space. I don't want to say backyard because I don't know if we're going to have our own backyard anytime soon. But we'll have our own space and we'll put all of our stuff there. But Tracy and Jim, they're they're golden. But yeah, so I've got this treadmill back there and it's like... Anytime that I need to go over there, hammer out some miles and the boys like drive around on their little power wheels or play on their iPads or like play basketball or hockey with the hockey nets or jump on the trampoline or play in the sprinkler. It's like, it's such a gift. It's so awesome. So it's been really awesome. All right. Another little post is this. Some things are our, our, that's hard to say. Okay, wait. Some things are our responsibility and some aren't. Some things are our responsibility and some aren't. And I am forever learning the difference. I clean this real estate office and it's stacked to the brim with glass walls, wide open spaces. When I started this job, windows and mirrors just about killed me. I'd get stuck there, rubbing the absolute God-forsaken Jesus life out of a smudge for fucking hours. And when I'd spend my nine lives in hell and back to get done with it, my clothes would be soaked through with sweat and shame. Those glass walls just about did me in. 
I stood at a particular partition, frustrated at my inability to discern whether the smudge was on my side or on the other, until finally I collapsed into a heap of white flags. Looking up, the sun hit my face through the windows to the outside. Those windows were dirty, but I knew I couldn't get out there to clean them, so I simply enjoyed the warmth of the view. Don't get stuck on the ones that aren't yours, that you miss the warmth of the view to the outside. And if I have to explain that post, I just just don't want to. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I just don't want to explain it. (laughs) If I have to explain it, then my writing is shit. And so my writing is probably shit. But if you get it, you get it. If you don't, whatever. Here's another post. (laughs) I feel like my trauma has been trying to surface. And I know that if I don't work through it, let it move through me, then it will find its own way out, which would probably leave a bit of a mark. So I went into the weekend knowing I needed some alone time, but then of course I wanted to go have fun on Friday night. And then Laura drove out after work on Saturday and we went for a run together and then went to a pub and had a sleepover, just like old times. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Sunday was a full work day where I lost my house keys and was locked out of our apartment for over 12 hours. Found them hiding in between the lining of my purse. Good times. Then, when the boys came home, they were snuggle beasts, and I made a vow that I won't say no when they ask to snuggle. I will never be too busy. I have a bunch of stuff to talk about in a podcast as soon as I get a hot minute. Anyway, so. Today I had two hours to myself, and I guarded it with my life. I haven't been doing workouts, like, ever since maybe February. My best guess. I asked Keith for a a workout, and boy, did he ever give me one. Apparently, Natasha Wodak is forcing me to race a virtual half marathon. And I figured I should probably do something to get ready for it. And the timing was perfect, because I gave my trauma an outlet that wouldn't land me in jail. Splits are in my stories, but relief is in my story. Anyway, it felt really good to just, like, run really hard that day. I have to run this half marathon soon, because I told Natasha that I would, and that's why she sent me a bunch of stuff today. So I have, like, I have until Sunday to run a a half marathon. And it's not going to be a PR. It's going to be really ugly. So, but I kind of want someone to pace me on a bike or something. I'll have to bribe somebody. (laughs) I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Okay. Here's another post, and I'm going to wrap this up soon. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Our story in the most meaningful way. It takes a brave runner to poop in the bushes, but it takes a courageous one to do it and then tell the world about it. We've all been forced to be brave. It's not often much of a choice because shit happens. But the courageous, the storytellers, they inspire me. Hanging out on the outside in the jungle, caught with her pants down, railing against the norm, speaking out for the sake of grace, for the purpose of connection. These people blow my skirt up. Okay, I'm almost done. Two more. Co-parent, this is a picture of me on, on the bike. Like, I 
try to ride the bike in the morning just for a little bit. It's been really hot, sweaty the last couple days, but I love this thing. It's awesome. This is what I wrote. Co-parenting isn't always about high fives and go teams. Sometimes it's waving and smiling at their dad on the iPad during their FaceTime call when all I really want to do is, fuck you. But I get to give our kids the gift of peace when I smile and wave. And I even find a little more peace myself. One hour stationary bike ride. I rode two hours yesterday. And then I'm taking the boys out on a run with the double stroller my mom just bought us. I've missed those days so much. I'm so stoked to share some miles with the boys again. Yeah, so a little backstory. My mom got us a double stroller, a double bob stroller for 50 bucks. If you guys know anything about double bob strollers, you can't get them for 50 bucks. My mom doesn't have a whole lot of money, but she has such a good heart. And she totally just like, I think maybe I told you in the last podcast episode about the double stroller. But yeah, so we've been doing that lately and it's been a lifesaver. When my oldest three came back from Kelowna, I took all five of the kids out together, and it was just nice for all of them to be together. Um, I think you might know this, but I'll remind you, we live quite far away from my oldest three kids right now, and it's pretty difficult, but because of the support from their dad, and he is helping me and understands that this is temporary and they're all older now and they understand that this is temporary and they're very much in support of what I'm doing and I wouldn't be able to be as strong as I am without them. They're amazing even though I'm their mom and I'm supposed to be stronger. They are still very strong kids and I'm very grateful for them and I'm grateful for their grace and their understanding and I can't wait until the court date happens and... Uh, the house will be forced to sell and then we can oh the fan just turned on that's lovely (laughs) and um hopefully that was that was like godly that was a miracle that was timely did you guys hear the fan okay I'm gonna sound like a moron but um yeah so once that happens and it's gonna feel really good to just find a place that's close to all my kids because it feels really hard to be away from them right now but so on Saturday night, they came home from Kelowna, and then on Sunday, I was able to, like, hang out with all of them together, and it was awesome. And I took a picture, and then I wrote this. My sister Tracy called while John and I were driving to the trail to run that day, and she nattered on about things on speakerphone, and then asked me when I get my kids back. Typical question for post-divorce people. All the divorcees are nodding right now, like, yep. I went on to tell her that the Van Dykes come back Saturday and the Slains come back Sunday. Two groups of kids, five total, two baby daddies. For the most part, I'm pretty stoked about my story, but once in a while, one of the back chapters will trip me up. See, it's tempting to see myself as a failure, a loser. I can't stay married, not once, but twice. Why would I bring kids into this world under those conditions? Not once, but twice. But then it takes me a hot second to remember that the life-giving words in my response to Tracy were, Come back. My babies, all five of them, they come back. Let love go, and love comes back. I don't know. That's just how I I see things. Because, like, what other way is there, you know? 
so that's it for tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I remember. Oh, yeah. The intro song was some country music. That was random and amazing. And I hope you guys are all doing well. It feels very, like, I'm just kind of getting the vibe that we're all, like, with everything going on in the world. I'm not going to start listing it, but um, I think we're all kind of feeling overwhelmed and tired and tuckered out. We're kind of at our wit's end. Plus, it's hot and we're sticky and we need snuggles, but snuggles are sticky and hot. And it's like, oh, we are so done right now. (laughs) So if you're feeling that way, I'm feeling you. We're going to we're going to be okay. We're all in this together. Um, As usual, I love you guys and I hope that you're doing okay and I love all your messages. Like I I want to like talk about them because you guys like these personal messages that I get that come in and you know who you are. They give me so much life. And they keep me going because I honestly could not do this by myself. Like, if I thought that I was the only one going through something like this, I don't even know. Like, I guess I would do it because I'd have to. But knowing that I'm not alone gives me so much life. And it helps me so much. I have no idea. Okay. I love you. Have a good night. Have a good sleep. Is it Monday today? Have a good week. Talk to you later.